1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today as always by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are continuing the rollout of our team-by-team previews ahead of the NWSL 2022 season, and today we're going to be diving into Portland Thorns FC. But before we get into all that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter for all breaking news at Attacking Third. And if you're listening to this as a podcast, please give us a five star rating and review. It takes just a second and it really helps us out. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, five star rating slash review and on Spotify right on the attacking third page. So go ahead and uh, give us five stars if you're able. Lisa, we're just cranking these out. We're talking team by team. Preseason is like officially in swing. It feels like it just started yesterday, but here we are. We're going to chat a little bit about Portland Thorns coming up now.
0: It really does. And I like that we get to dive deep into each team and look at the nuances of the roster and formation structure that we see fitting. Um, And it just gets me so hyped and amped up for the season and to actually watch these teams compete. We have Challenge Cup schedule. We have games on the calendar. We have a start date for the season. It's just exciting finally we are here with it uh yeah what like two weeks with full preseason underway at this point so uh the players are in a little bit of a groove the the clubs are in a little bit of a groove the the teams are really just back into the swing of things and so are we here at attacking third we're in like full season mode even though it's just preseason but like we go hard here
1: yeah, we're like, we're definitely like in it now. Like, we're of the kind oh, of mind where we're like, yeah, off season's over. Like, <laughs> that's that's a wrap. Oh, like, yeah. it, like it came and it went. Like, it's full. Like, it's it, it's game time, right? Soccer never sleeps. Let's talk about. Portland Thorns FC looking ahead into the 2022 season. Let's do a little bit of an overview first before we get into some actual roster type of things. Team overview, the head coach, Ryan Wilkinson, former Canadian international England women's national team assistant coach, got brought on into Phil, some pretty big shoes for Mark Parson, the former head coach of uh, Portland Thorns. So new head coach into 2022 for Portland. It's going to be her first season with the Thorns after Mark Parson spent six seasons before moving on to the Netherlands Women's National Team head coaching position. Other notable hires uh, for the team over the offseason included the uh, introduction of Karina LeBlanc as general manager, the former Canadian uh, international goalkeeper, former head of CONCACAF W uh, and also a former Portland Thorne uh, herself coming in to fill the roles of uh, Gavin Wilkinson after uh, he stepped away per player uh, request uh, in light of uh, ongoing investigations and so on. Uh, in terms of their actual on the pitch uh, finish in 2021 It was a lot of wins, right? When we were following. (laughs) The Thorns in 2021, we had them pegged as really the team to beat. We had them pegged as this could be a team of uh, destiny in their own right, in terms of they were just winning everything in front of them. We're talking starting off with a 2021 Challenge Cup win. We're talking winning the Shield down the stretch of things, right? Uh, In the middle of the season, being crowned uh, WICC title holders but they ended up losing in the NWSL championship final uh, to Chicago red stars 2 zero. So it was a a very impressive uh, season in 2021 on the pitch for the Portland thorns in light of so many things going on uh, surrounding clubs during that 2021 season. Uh, But to fall maybe just short of that final prize, maybe a little bit of a, a bittersweet taste in the mouth. And then for the, the our way too early power rankings in December, Despite all that, before some of these changes even came to light, Lisa, we put them at number three. We did. And I think when you look at
0: 2021 as a whole for Portland, they almost did a full sweep going for for four for four with their trophies. And the four being Challenge Cup, NWSL Shield, Women's WICC and then the NWSL championship, they fell short. They didn't get to the NWSL championship. They they were out in the semifinals, as you mentioned, but I, I don't think that it really was that surprising. I mean, looking at the season of, of Washington and Chicago and what they did last year, how they were able to kind of power through towards the end. Uh, but it was a bit surprising for Portland. And I know it was very bittersweet for Mark Parsons to end his tenure with Portland Thorns on a maybe a sour taste in his mouth just because he didn't get to the NWSL final. I don't think so though, because so much success. He, he is a player or is a coach that the players spoke so highly of, but I know now they're pretty pumped to have Wilkinson into the fray and having the female coach. Right. And that's, that's huge. Um, and the players talked about that. They said, it's really fun and different and interesting to have female coaches, um, which is interesting, but yeah, we gave them, we put them at three back in December before any of these changes made. We'll talk through them. We're going to talk through about the biggest roster signings that they have, the biggest losses that Portland suffered player wise and personnel wise on the pitch. Take a look at the preseason roster that they put out. Maybe take a look at formations, starting players that have locks, in there, um, changes that we could see made international players our biggest burning question. And we're going to circle back on our number third ranking to see if that's their projected finish for 2022 based on all of the changes, because every single club in the NWSL faced a lot of changes in this off season with the expansion draft, with the college draft happening. And now 12 teams in the NWSL. There's a lot of pressure for these clubs to perform. And I think there's a lot of pressure on Portland to perform and to do as well as they have been traditionally. They're a powerhouse club in the NWSL. And now with new management, new front office, new coaches, can they live up to that hype? It's not our burning question. Yeah. It's another question I have. No, I I don't look at it.
1: Look, I don't think that's unfair to throw out there at at all. I mean, that's something I think that a lot of people are going to be looking at in 2022 as the league finds itself expanding with two extra teams in the mix. And it's sort of really being viewed as the 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 new era of NWSL, this era in which maybe this was the expansion year that is finally going to sort of thin out, right, and maybe really truly kind of even some things out in terms of uh, the competition. It's always been a league built uh, on, on its competitive angles and the fact that there's a ton of parity, but it was still a league that very often saw a couple of teams always in the mix down the end of the stretch, and one of those teams has constantly been the Portland Thorns. Wow. So we'll, we'll see. Let's take a look at maybe how the some of the signings, maybe some of the departures, could impact this club in the 2022 season in terms of their breakout roster signings, whether it's offseason signings or rookies that are coming into the fold or re-signing of, of veterans. In terms of their draft, they they, uh, they have uh, Hannah Belfort that they're going to be welcoming into the fold, the 37th pick in the 2021 uh, draft out of Wake Forest. Uh, midfielder Sam Coffey, uh, midfielder out of uh, a PSU, 12th pick overall in the 2021 draft. And uh, probably maybe the biggest one, I think, for you and I are agreeing on this one in terms of the signings that they're bringing into the fold was uh, Hina Sagita, uh, the Japanese international, uh, not just only, being this acquisition that they made in the offseason, but introducing her with a three-year contract yeah. with the Portland Thorns, you know, so longevity, you know, with this player that they want to really continue to build with, uh, with this club uh, moving forward uh, in, in terms of detrimental, perhaps biggest losses from the roster. I mean, we, the, the Portland's just like any other team, right, that entered this offseason. It was a ton of, of departures, some different uh, farewells that they had to make, and that included uh, forwards uh, Simone Charlie and Tyler Lucy to Angel City, uh, defender Kristen Westphal to San Diego Wave, and the rights to forward uh, Amir Ali to San Diego Wave FC. And that's all before something like the retirement of Angela Sela came into play, and then the eventual departure of Lindsey Horan on an 18-month loan to a Olymp- Olympic Lyonnais came in to play. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at the the signings, the acquisitions, right? The additions compared to maybe some of the losses of this club, Lisa. What is standing out in terms of these two categories for you the most?
0: Well, looking at it, honestly, chronologically, how, how the news came out, how this went down with Portland Thorns and even how we're talking about it. Um, they signed a player like Hina Sugita before... Um, they lost and had some big losses in their midfield. She is a Japanese international midfielder. She's a young player. She's only 24 years old, but she has a lot of international experience, which I think she could provide a lot of depth for Portland in that midfield. She's a player, uh, Sugita, that uh, Karina LeBlanc and, and Coach Wilkinson said that they had their eye on for a while. And in the Portland system, they were keeping an eye on her, keeping track of her her games, her international duties um, at at the international level. She's played in in Youth World Cups. Uh, She was at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics and and 2019 Women's World Cup. So she has so much experience at only 24 years old. um, So I think she will provide so much for them. She's their biggest signing for me, hands down. Um, just looking at the other players that they signed and that we talked about, there's, they were college players that hopefully can make an impact and do big things in the league. But I think having a Japanese international in Sugita could bring a nice look for Portland that they need, especially in their midfield, because that takes me to the biggest losses that Portland suffered and it's their midfield. There's, there's Swiss cheese holds now in this midfield for Portland. Um, You mentioned a a number of different players, Simone, Charlie, Tyler, Lucy, Kristen Westfall. These are big players that played a big role for Portland last year. However, uh, someone like a Simone Charlie, even a Tyler Lucy, they they weren't the superstar strikers. It's not a Sophia Smith, even a Morgan Weaver. So these holes can be filled. But when you look at the midfield in Angela Salem retiring, uh, which was not a surprise. If if you knew her, if you were her teammate, a lot of her Portland teammates saw this coming. She wanted one more season under her belt, a good season with Portland. And now she steps aside so she can focus on her other career. And. Um, and then also Lindsay Horan although she signed another deal with Portland Thorns a contract extension she is on loan for 18 months so she is out of the picture for 2022 for Portland Thorns so losing the one of the best defensive fielders in WSL in Angela Salem and then losing one of the most creative playmakers in the attacking midfield position in Lindsay Horan that's a really big hole to fill in the midfield for Portland. And I think Hina Sugita could provide some support in the midfield, but I don't think she can fill both of those holes left by Salem and Haran. So outweighing one versus the other, frankly, if that's what we're looking at, I think the loss is bigger for Portland in their midfield and which players are going to step up because they've relied on Salem for years to be the engine in the midfield and to be the one that makes those defensive stops to start the play on offense. She's just been the destroyer, right? She was categorized as an MVP at the end of the 2021 season. And also Lindsay Horan, U S women's national team player. She's going over to get some champions league experience, which is great for her game, but it does leave a lot of question marks at Portland. So I think the midfield is the biggest circle I'm putting on my whiteboard for Portland and, and kind of saying, how can they work around this midfield? And and that might change their projected finish at the end of 22 based on what they can do with the holes in
1: midfield. No, I'm, I'm with you 100% on that. I think uh, the midfield for Portland is going to be the area in which a lot of people keep their eye on, like how's that middle third going to look moving forward uh, in 2022? Uh, Especially like you said, with somebody without uh, a Salem uh, in the mix, you know, this was someone who really is coming is retiring off of the, of, uh, of a season where she was nominated for MVP. And this Mm -hmm. is coming after a lengthy, lengthy amount of time as a player in NWSL. And it took, uh, it took getting to a place like Portland to be able to play alongside other players to, to sort of continue help elevating your game um, to kind of have this. Uh, it almost felt like maybe Now I'm not referring to it as a breakout you know, season by any means, because clearly it came during her last season of play. But it was almost like a bit of a reintroduction, perhaps mm-hmm. for people who kind of maybe forgot about the type of impact that a player like uh, Salem could could bring because this is someone who made her arrival to Portland after the Boston Breakers folded, um, ceased operations, came through via, you know, like in uh, an expansion draft and, and had to also navigate injury, right? So it wasn't someone who was able to really maybe... Uh, you know, make that type of a uh, significant impact in the ways that she really did. If we center in on that twenty. 20- 21 season and it didn't really matter who was kind of slotting in uh, with and around her, right? Whether it was somebody like a Horan, a Sinclair, a a Rodriguez, right? Even we got to see at times a a Moultrie sub in right for a player of that caliber. So I think there's a lot of questions surrounding that middle third for sure. And we're going to keep an eye on it moving forward. Let's take a look though at this, uh, this, this preseason roster overall, right? my favorite part of the preseason where we get to see a ton of names, right. And have to guess who's going to, you know, (laughs) still, you know, be, be be part of the the team moving forward. Obviously these rosters get, uh, you know, waved down a little bit uh, as, as March 1st comes around and then um, challenge cup looms closer. But in terms of their preseason, maybe a little bit shorter than preseasons past 24 players listed out for the Portland Thorns start the goalkeepers with Bella Bixby, Shelby Hogan, and Abby Smith. Defenders at seven, uh, Kelly Hubley, Megan Klingenberg, uh, Natalie Quica, Emily Menges, uh, Megan Nolly, Madison Pogarch, and Becky Sauron. For the midfielders, they have eight, Sam Coffey, uh, they have Crystal Dunn listed, Olivia Moultrie, Gabby Provenzano, Rocky Rodriguez, Yasmin Ryan, Hina Seguida, and then for the forwards, it's going to be six with Natalie Beckman, Hannah Belfort, Marissa Everett, Christine Sinclair, Sophia Smith, and Morgan Weaver.
0: It's very important to note that when Portland Thorns put out their preseason roster for 2022, uh, eight midfielders listed, two of them not available for the 2022 season, one being Crystal Dunn. She is pregnant and expected uh, to give birth to her first child. Congratulations, Crystal. And her Uh, family growing, and also Angela Salem, who has retired. So their eight midfielders actually drops down to six immediately, which takes their 24-player list to 22, which is tiny, right? Like 22 players on your preseason roster isn't that many, because most teams, they start with a higher number. um, That way they can offer contract extensions or contract signings to some of their newer, younger players that come into preseason, um, after preseason, after they get a few days under their belt. So Portland, they don't have that much wiggle room with how they can expand and grow this roster at this point uh, of preseason. Um, So definitely super interesting to look at. I I know that six forwards, that doesn't seem like a lot to me. Even six midfielders, that doesn't seem like a lot to me. Um, We'll see, though, because... Things will shake out. Things will change around as they always do. Players go on loan and, and situations like that change. But I, I do love it, Sandra. I love looking at the preseason roster.
1: Yeah, you know, it's with the 22, going from 24 to 22 players, mm-hmm. right, we sort of uh, center in the fact that, that Dunn is expecting and then Salem retires we look ahead maybe to like a oh a projected starting 11, right? Which is something that we've been doing on our uh, previews. And it's like less, it's like le- a smaller number to choose. from. Yeah. To 11, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like select um, a starting uh, 11. But I think even with some of the changes to personnel that the Portland Thorns went through in their off season, there's a, n- a number of players on the preseason roster that you can point at and say, this is someone who's probably going to lace them up come, opening day right and i think most of that you could see within maybe the defending core right mm-hmm. i'm looking at somebody like you know a becky starburn somebody like a mangas a klingenberg you know older more veteran players who have been part of the club part of the team remain healthy they're going to be there on day one for me but i also am looking at somebody like a kelly hubley right somebody who really had a, a really sort of a, a good kind of uh maybe breakout year perhaps for some for some folks uh, back in 2021 and then obviously we're going to be keeping an eye on that midfield core uh, to sort of see what the midfield's going to look like but I don't think you go out and you sign a player you know Japanese international in in, in Sugita and, and not intend to use her right so I'm, my, assumption is be, yeah, my assumption is going to be that we'll likely see her within the midfield as well and then I don't think you have somebody like a Sophia Smith, right? Somebody you drafted so early, so young, uh, going pro out of college, having the season that she put together, right, in 2021. Um, I'm probably going to expect to see someone like her uh, in that starting 11 as well. But in terms of maybe breaking down – segments within this preseason roster when we're looking at a player who can be the young prospect to watch right when we're looking at a player uh who can uh, is going to be the the essential experienced player that this club might be leaning on or even a player who we're looking at to make that next step when it comes to any of those categories particularly for young prospect lisa who do you think we should be keeping an eye on here
0: I I don't want this to seem like an obvious answer for Portland's young prospect, but Olivia Moultrie, she is the young prospect that I think everyone needs to be keeping an eye on. Um, She's 16 years old. Everyone had her eye on her last year in the 2021 season as a 15-year-old in the league signing a professional contract. That was huge. It made headlines everywhere. Um, And she had a lot of pressure on her. She did play. She got some minutes. She got uh, some game time under her belt last year. But it was really just like pomp and circumstance for her this year. I think that Olivia Moultrie can grow and really take that next step as a young prospect and a young player for Portland, especially when you're looking at the midfield unit for Portland, where they do have some of those holes. If she can be a player that steps up it could be fantastic. She was recently called up to the United States women's U-20 national team uh, for a training camp and and con- looking ahead to CONCACAF U-20 women's championship that is happening in, in the Dominican Republic. She's a player that is getting internationally recognized at the United States level. Uh, she's been recognized at the professional level already, but can she grow? And I think – Because she is so young, her ceiling is so much higher than any other young prospect in this league. Because even when you look at the other college draft picks that Portland has signed in Sam Coffey, um, uh, uh, who else did they sign? Uh, Hannah Belfort. They have college experience that Moultrie doesn't have, but Moultrie already has a year of professional experience under her belt. So keep an eye on Moultrie. See if she gets some starts, right? I think she could work her way into that starting lineup in the midfield, be a goal-scoring threat, be a a big player that's circled on scouting reports for opponents, and be a game-changer and a difference-maker for Portland in this new era and this page that they're turning, especially in their midfield unit. Um, I think we could see a different style, too, that Moultrie could bring to the game, just with her youth and energy that she has. So she's my young prospect for sure. When, when you look at some of the experienced players that you're hoping to, to kind of step up and and lead this team, who are you circling on your roster?
1: Yeah, I think when we, when we talked earlier about that, that midfield, we are looking at that area as probably being the area for Portland where there's a lot of opportunity there. So I'm with you hundred percent on Olivia Moultrie in that there's a real opportunity for this, this player to maybe, make some noise in 2022 and try to maybe seal a spot in that starting 11. But because of this sort of transition that this team is going to be making, I think this is also going to be another season where the club, does rely a bit on their more experienced players. So I'm going to be, there's a number of players on this roster that you could point to and say, this is going to be one of those players, but I think it's going to be maybe a defensive duo that they're going to be looking at and trying to rely on in somebody like a Megan Klingenberg alongside maybe somebody in the center back uh, with, with Emily Menges, right. Particularly with Klingenberg, Another one of these players, I think, that for some reason or other almost fell under the radar in terms of her level of play in 2021. This was someone who was, yes, got the start at outside, but someone that we saw operating and running within the midfield or playing higher up in the pitch at moments when necessary for Portland Thorns. So doing a lot for the club, yes, on the pitch, but also – clearly doing a lot for the club in the locker room for the team in the mm-hmm. locker room and off the pitch as well she's always been somebody who's been able to be uh, very vocal you know in terms of speaking with and for on um, behalf of of the locker room and then even with somebody like Amengus, who is bringing yes all of that experience in the center back role on the pitch, but coming off of an off season where she was one of these players who was integral, right. To sort of forming and, and ratifying this new CBA. Uh, we saw somebody like Menges really not just leaning on the pitch, but off of it as well for this club. So these are two players that I think we're both going to be looking at in terms of those experienced essential players that this club is going to be leaning on in twenty twenty. But there's also players within this roster that we saw during 2021 that really took it to the next level because it was an Olympic year in which the depth of certain clubs benches had the opportunity to sort of show off. And one of those players that we found ourselves talking about a little bit was Kelly Hubley. Lisa, and I think you and I both agree that she is the player that we want to see be a sort of next step, next level player. Portland Thorns in 2022.
0: She is. Kelly Hubley is a a player that hasn't had the spotlight. I mean, she's a, she's a defender for Portland and she has seen minutes and seen game time, but it's often when a starting defender is out of the picture. She's their first one that they call in. So whether it was during the 2020 Tokyo Olympics that uh, a number of backs were gone For Portland in Tokyo for the Olympics, Kelly Helpley stepped in, whether it's injuries that happen, whether it's international breaks that are happening. Kelly Helpley is the go-to gal for the defensive role to kind of slide in and do that. I want to see Kelly Helpley this year take the fate of her career into her own hands and make it so difficult that Portland coaches – cannot take her off the pitch because she's doing so well that no matter who comes back from international break, who recovers from their injury and and who can return to play. I want Kelly Hubley to make it so difficult for them to take her off the field because she did that last year. We saw moments of it, moments of greatness from Kelly Hubley as a defender to be able to slide into a center back role and be a leader, be an organizational vocal voice to keep the team in line and do really good job defensively to not only make big stops, but then transition the play into offense, breaking lines, finding forwards, feats. So I want her to continue to be that player, but make it more consistent, be a day in day out player that really challenges the starting position in the back line. Because when we look at the 22 player roster and who are going to be the starters. We talked about the back line and the defenders being a lot of those solid players in, in Mangus and Becky Sauerbronn and uh, Klingenberg and Quica. But can Kelly Helbley Blake break into that line? She's someone that I'm really going to be keeping an eye on to see how consistent her play is uh, consistently intense and consistently aggressive and consistently defensive lock for Portland on defense.
1: Uh, I love it. Uh, I love to see uh, DePaul Blue Demon thrive in NWSL. So I'm absolutely here to see the continued Ooh, rise. East. Yes, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here to see the continued rise of uh, Chicagoland defenders in the league. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. In terms of an international spotlight. Uh, you know, this is this is 2022. We're about a year or so out uh, plus from the 2023 world cup and on portland there they've always been a team that's had a number of internationals in play right and we chatted a little bit already about who we thought is their biggest signing uh and who get it but this is an area in which we wanted to maybe highlight a couple different players Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh qualifiers for world cups and we're looking at players like christine sinclair and we're looking at players like uh, rocky rodriguez first Sinclair in, in particular. This is one of those players that when we were taking a look at Portland's off season, while maybe this is a team and fans are looking at the club like, "Hey, like you didn't make like a ton of new, you know, big splash signings," I would argue that you know having the int- int- introducing. Uh, they're Japanese, they're now they're, they're Japanese international in the midfield with us to was one of those big signings, but I would also include maybe like the re-signings that they yeah. made, uh, for this club is pro- probably an essential part of the process. I mean, locking up a legend like Sinclair to ensure like this is going to be a player who will always be a Portland Thorn is going to be huge. Right. And uh, I think this is a player that they will miss during uh, world cup qualifiers. They will. And not only, I mean, looking at the
0: re-signings, yes, Christine Sinclair is not going to another club, but she's also not retiring. They have her for one more year, um, which, uh, of course, things can always change. But I think that was a big question mark for a lot of Portland Thorns fans. Will they see Christine Sinclair, who just won gold medal with Canada in the summer is is that the end of her career but no one more year Uh, but yes she's the international player that will be missing during uh, qualifiers this summer and and W championship that will be taking place yeah you have to look at Christine Sinclair as a re-signing and as a huge international spotlight.
1: Yeah, I'm also looking at Rocky Rodriguez for sure. This is the uh, Costa Rican international who is likely to be missing a number or perhaps a number of uh, games Mm -hmm. with with Portland Thorns uh, in light of Costa Rica uh, participating in what's going to be really soon some – uh, qualifiers that are taking place in CONCACAF during the month of February. Uh, but should they excel and succeed within that preliminary round of, of qualifiers, there is the potential for the CONCACAF W Championship qualifiers that take place in the summer as well. So there's a possibility that a player like Rodriguez, who is also another player that could be essential in that midfield, uh, could could be missing for a significant amount of time in 2022 as well so I think talking about midfielders a lot right during this preview uh, it's leading us to our biggest burning question entering uh, 2022 for Portland Thorns which is who will be the key to Portland's midfield Lisa for
0: Portland they need to find stable depth at the midfield position because as you mentioned players like Christine Sinclair, Rocky Rodriguez they could be leaving for periods of time for World Cup qualifiers and, and CONCACAF matches happening. Um, even when you look at Japanese international, uh, they she could be leaving as well, Sungita. So, I think it's finding the depth in the midfield for Portland because they don't have one player that can really dominate and, and do everything, which is what they had in the past. I mean, losing Angela Salem, losing Lindsey Horan, they create huge holes, which allows the opportunity for players like Olivia Moultrie to step in there and and try some things. We've seen uh, Yasmin Ryan get spurts and minutes for Portland Thorns. I don't think she's going to be a huge factor for the midfield for them. Rocky Rodriguez, she's had some inconsistencies, but getting more time at the international level will hopefully bring her level and increase that as well. Um, Not having Crystal Dunn as well in the midfield. I mean, Haran and Dunn, all three of those players are out for this year. It's really... Who was going to step up? Who was going to be the engine in the midfield for Portland? I mean, in years past, opponents go into play Portland, and the biggest question mark is how you're going to get through the midfield, whether it's trying to possess through the middle that usually doesn't work, going up the flanks, or just sending it long and trying to find your forwards over over the top line. I think for opponents, they're going to be licking their chops to get through Portland's midfield this season. So if Portland can work their way around their midfield, find depth and consistency in that position that doesn't fluctuate game to game, they're going to have to do that in order to stay on top in this league.
1: We'll keep an eye on it. We're going to be looking for the player to sort of grab that midfield right by the scruff and say, let's go. The projected finish in 2022 for Portland, again, just to remind folks, we did do a way too early power rankings early into the offseason back in December before a lot of these moves and additions took place. And we had uh, put Portland Thorns at a number three finish in our power rankings. So in terms of a projected finish now, as uh, offseason has concluded and preseason is in full swing, I think that we're going to be sticking with this club as a top team still. Uh, a definite, definitely within the range of the top four and still maybe kind of ambitiously sticking with that number three standing, Lisa.
0: Yes, this is a top four team. Um, I, I'm not sure if they'll get that top one or two spot, which earns them a first round buy. Uh, not sure if they'll win the NWSL shield this year being uh, the number one team at the end of the regular season, but a top four finish for sure. They'll, they'll secure a playoff spot with a little bit of wiggle room. And I think that they'll, they'll kind of choose their own destiny towards the end of the season, which is something that Portland has been known to do. A lot of teams did not do that at the end of 2021, but I think for Portland, um, a top four range. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them third place projected finish for 2022 to end the season.
1: I'm with you on that. I want to thank everybody for listening to our Portland Thorns 2022 preview. Full team-by-team previews for all 12 clubs in the NWSL are coming up, so stay tuned. Drop us your thoughts about Portland on Twitter at Attacking Third or in the comments if you subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash attacking third. Don't go anywhere. We have an exclusive interview with Portland Thorns forward Sophia Smith right after this quick break.
0: Broomgate, available now.
1: Hello and welcome back to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer podcast. We are so pleased to have player interviews to go along with all of our team-by-team previews ahead of the 2022 season. And right now we have a special interview segment with Sophia Smith, forward for Portland Thorns FC, recently called up to the United States Women's National Team roster ahead of the She Believes Cup. Mm -hmm. And it's your first time on Attacking Third, so welcome, Sophia Smith, to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We're hyped to to chat with you about all things, Portland, United States Women's National Team, NWSL uh preseason and more. Uh, but just some easy to start things out. How how how's it going? I mean, it's the first official week in the books, right? Of preseason. Uh, how are you feeling to to start things out this year?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm just super excited to be back in Portland. Um we didn't get much of a break, but, you know, it was enough to the point where I, I missed it and I wanted to get back. Um, and things are going good. Obviously, there's a lot of change happening in Portland right now as as far as kind of the the leadership part goes. So it's it's definitely an adjustment, but my team and I are super excited and, and you know, this coach is super promising and we're excited to get working with her. Um, and I'm just I'm just excited to start playing again. Like I want I want season to start. I'm anxious preseason is just so long. I just want games to start
0: (laughs) Yeah, preseasons long. The 2021 season was long and you said it the off season really wasn't that long. It was pretty quick, but hopefully you had a little bit of time to relax, unwind a little. How was your off season? What did you do? Did you do anything fun? (laughs) Um,
2: I mean, so we had camp in Australia in
0: November and I ended up
2: getting a concussion like the third day of that camp. Um, and it was like a, a moderate concussion. So it wasn't like a light, like, you know, feel better in a week. Like it probably took the whole month of December to fully feel back to myself. So my off season was recovering from a concussion. Um, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't everything I dreamed of. It was kind of rough. And there were days where, you know, I was stressed because I just wanted to feel normal again. And and my head was not feeling normal, um, But I got to be at home in Colorado with family um, during that time, which was super, super nice because I rarely get to go home, um, let alone spend like more than three days at home. Um, So it was super fun to be home and just chill and relax. Um, But the whole time I was just anxious to get started again because you, you start to miss it when you don't have games every week.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's it's like almost part of your routine at this point. I am glad that you got yeah. to link up with uh link up with some family though during the the shorter off season, and now we're like approaching a, another new season uh, in NWSL, and uh, that all that always comes with like. With other new faces, whether it's like uh you know your peers or players on on the roster or even in coaching staff. So for Portland, mm-hmm. now is Coach Wilkinson um and in charge of, of running things. So how has uh Coach Wilkinson sort of approached uh, this this really early beginning of a uh, preseason with the Thorns? Yeah,
2: I mean she's been great. I know you know she has big shoes to fill. Mark was amazing and and took this team to levels that we didn't know we could reach, Um, but. Rian has been awesome. And I think she's kind of stepped in with the idea of not wanting to really fix anything because nothing was broken, but at the same time, you know, add a little bit of herself and add a little bit of, you know, things that she thinks would work. She obviously, you know, has seen our team play and, and has ideas of her own and wants to implement those. And, And it's really exciting to kind of obviously build off of what we did last season, but at the same time, kind of start something new and and try new things with this group. Cause I think it's a group that could be really special. And I I think that she's going to help make that happen.
0: It's a benefit to get a new coach and a new female coach, right? I know Mark Parsons was fantastic and he was right. Uh, But with Wilkinson, being there she does provide new looks and and new takes on things which is really refreshing is there anything that already in just a few days of preseason you've had with her that you're noticing she puts a a bigger emphasis on than mark did or or something that she keeps repeating or, or different stylistic things that you've noticed in her coaching tactics so far
2: um I think it's a little bit too early to kind of tell, like
0: so far it's
2: really just been kind of team bonding, get to know, you know, the new faces around the team um, and really just get back on the ball and and get touches and start having fun and start building relationships. Tactic wise, we haven't, you know, we haven't gotten too deep into that yet, but I think what Rian wants to do is is just kind of allow us to be free and, and be ourselves, but at the same time, have structure within that um, so that, you know, on the field, we're all, you know, aware of what each other's roles are. And, and once we're in those roles, we're free to be ourselves and, and do what we're best at. So I think a little bit of, you know, structure and, and, and just knowing, you know, where we want to be, you know, where, when the ball is in this place, but at the same time, not taking away, you know, the, the things that make us Portland.
1: I like that. You know, just centering in a little bit more on your time with with Portland, you're you're still considered like a part of this young core group of players. Right. With this with this club and in this league. Uh, and despite all that, it's still going to be your your third year, you know, with this club and you as being drafted in at, at 19. So in terms of this early phase of your uh, pro career, right, what are maybe some things that you've learned about yourself as a player uh, in, in the last three seasons uh, while while being a professional?
2: I've learned I've learned a lot. I feel like you kind of go into this, you know, obviously not really knowing exactly what to expect. It's a it's a whole new world. College is, you know, looking back at it, it was easy <laughs> compared to this. Um and then going into the NWSL, I think you realize so many things and and how challenging it is to to be a professional athlete and I think the biggest thing I've realized is it's not just, you know, what you're doing on the field, it's literally your whole life it's what are you doing outside of it to prepare to you know as far as nutrition goes like recovery your mental state like all of those things are all equally important and contribute to to what you're producing on the field and I think for me you know going coming from Stanford it was a lot of you know show up to practice and you know train get better But then after that, you know, it's school, it's, it's a social, like it's all these other things that you kind of, you know, you're putting energy into lots of different things, but then, you know, you get to be a professional and it's like, this is the thing, this is the one thing and everything in your life goes into this. Um, And personally, I love it. I feel like it's the life I was meant to live. Um, I'm not like a big, you know, party or social person. I'm like soccer. And when I'm done with soccer, I'm like, recover, rest, chill, do nothing, and then repeat. Like, that's my life. And I absolutely love it because I wouldn't want to be doing anything else.
0: I love that passion that you have for this. I mean, that's so fun to hear. And a lot of people can get burnt out, but you're just, yeah. you keep going. <laughs> I'd, I love that. It's fun to hear and it's passionate to hear. Um, th- when you look at the NWSL as a whole and the league, there are two new expansion clubs coming into the fold mm-hmm. this year. So 12 teams in the league, um, as opposed to 10, how does adding two more teams into the competition this season, how does it make things more competitive or or harder for you and the thorns?
2: It's so exciting. Um, I just think the growth of the league as a whole, obviously I haven't been around that long to see, you know, how far it's really come, but even since I started playing, um, it's grown so much and to introduce two new teams into the league is so exciting because you're just, you know, allowing places for more talent to go play for more young girls who dream of being professionals to have a, another, you know, place to, to have a chance to play. So it's exciting. And the fact that it's California, I'm excited about because, you know, no one ever complains about a weekend trip to California. Um, but it's just exciting and, you know, I have lots of friends on both teams. So it's, it's a fun little new competition that we have. And obviously, you know, the challenge cup, those two teams are, are in our group. So it'll be new and different. Um, But like with every team in the league, I feel like it's just, you know, kind of a fresh start. Like the league is changing so much and in this season, especially is a chance for every team to kind of start fresh with with new faces with new coaches with new owner like all of these things it's it's cool to see how how much league is growing
1: uh not just challenge cup around the corner but also she believes cup right around the corner we I guess congratulations are in order there too for you being made to the to the roster ahead of um ahead of the games coming up uh in this month uh, it's going to be the first roster. Or it is the first roster that uh, Andonovski has named for for 2022. The January camp, unfortunately, didn't have any um, international scrimmages or friendlies uh, in in play. Uh, but now with this tournament, you know the uh, the opposition that you're going to be facing. Three different international sides, and uh, it's a little bit of a change. Maybe maybe a shift in in, in personnel for this particular roster. Andonovski has also been mm-hmm. kind of, uh, you know, honest and, and uh, transparent with that, saying that he wants to utilize a lot of these games to continue evaluation for for. Uh, younger and different types of uh, players. So, f- for you, how does it feel to to be a part of that mix right now?
2: I mean, it's it's always exciting and an honor to be called up to to any camp, regardless of if there's games or not games. But she believes, especially, is just super exciting because of you know the fact that we get three really good games in, and and this roster is super exciting. It's a bunch of young players who are just waiting or have been waiting to to, you know, earn their spot on this team and and prove themselves. So it's, you know, it's different and it's a big change. And I think a lot of people are having a hard time kind of getting used to newer rosters with, with younger players, but it has to happen. You know, this is a cycle and, and we can't play soccer forever. Um, So it's honestly, it's exciting and, and it's going to be a challenge, especially for us younger players, because we have big shoes to fill and, and this team has been known to be great. And, you know, we have to keep that standard and continue to be great and,
0: and win games and prepare for all the big things coming up. The U S coach Flacco is a former NWSL coach and he's spoken and he said a lot of times how important um, NWSL competition is and how much he values Cub club play and his U S national team players being with their club team. So since you've been brought into Vlako squad and the U S women's national team, um, and, and he has the chance to watch you with his squad and his players and also with the Portland thorns, is there a certain aspect of your game that he's talked to you about to, to focus on or just anything that he's communicated with you to try to help improve you and continue to make you one of the best players?
2: Yeah, a lot, I mean, lots of things. I feel like Watco's really good about kind of making you aware that, you know, you're in a good place, but there's always room to grow. Um, and there's always aspects of your game that may be really good, but can get better. Um, no one's ever happy with, you know, where they are because we always know there's room to grow. And, and we get to do that in every single camp. Um, and we learn so much from the staff there and, and from each other, you know, teammates that we're playing with. Um, I think specifically for me, it's just to continue to have that attacking mentality and and to the, the want to score goals and to go forward. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I can kind of bring with me to this team and and contribute to this team and, and you know, do the best that I can. And just trying to produce and score goals and and also just be a good teammate. Um but I mean, there's there's always a lot of things that I know I need to work on and get better at. And I get to do that every day in camp, every day here in Portland. And that's, you know, part of the, the fun about being a professional athlete.
1: Taking, a, a, like maybe piggybacking off of that a little bit, looking at things that you want to work on in terms of, it's still being relatively early in 2022. Um, in terms of personal goals, right, that you would like to achieve this year, whether it's on the soccer field or off, whether it's with the U.S. Women's National Team or Portland Thorns, whatever, maybe some personal short-term or long-term goals that you're looking to to hopefully check the the box on this year in 2022.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I have lots of goals. I think this is an exciting an exciting year. Um, hopefully, you know, it's kind of normal. I feel like I haven't had like a normal season in the NWSL yet. Um, but I think I think the first one is just to kind of get into rhythm with Portland and and build that team chemistry and and being someone that was here last year and the year before kind of, you know, bring what, what made us good, um, back into this team and continue to build off that obviously, you know, goals, assists, all of those things are, are great. And obviously things that I strive to do and, and help give to the team. But at the same time, I think I don't like to put a lot of focus on that because I think, you know, I like to focus more on the process instead of the outcome. And I think it's super early to, to talk about those things right now. So I think just trying to get better every single day um, and working on, like you said, like things that I think, you know, I, I need work on um, and putting a lot of effort into that. And then, you know, kind of just seeing where it takes me this season and takes our team this season.
1: Nice. Something else that we like to maybe kind of bring up a little bit in these conversations that we've been having with players in regards to preseason. There's been a lot of talk about that, like you mentioned the the, the rhythm and getting back into things, but also yeah. like getting into routine. And part of that is sometimes including what uh, your intake of things. So, like I know that for a lot of players, it's been big on they've been big on like they're either pre or post game like beverage. Uh, so, yeah. A, are you a coffee drinker? And B, if you're going for that pre or post game beverage, what what is the order?
2: Yeah, I'm a major coffee drinker. I can't start any day without coffee. I've been like that since probably I was 12 or 13. I've like always oh. loved coffee. Yeah, Whoa. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. I think Starbucks. I would drink like <laughs> Frappuccinos before every practice. I can't do that anymore. I was about to say, I think, wow, that's I, I think certainly
1: a choice. <laughs> no, I've
2: passed the age where I can just, you know, drink a frappuccino and and go. <laughs> um, but just, yeah, I'm a major coffee drinker at night, my curry my and I make coffee every morning. I have, I have a matcha latte right now. I Ooh. drink matcha um, most afternoons, like not too late, but like after practice when I just need a little bit of energy. Um, post game, I really just like water. Like nothing sure. beats yeah. this cold water after after a game or practice i'm not like a big like uh powerade gatorade not not super into those i think just water and like a protein shake
1: you'd love to hear it good choice <laughs> this is the first time someone told us that they're having matcha we've gotten some Ameri- <laughs> classic americanos we've gotten some black coffee only type responses yeah. and now we've got a matcha response i, I love it yeah we got- matcha. We always uh, like to thank our listeners for joining us uh, towards the end of these episodes. So thank you everyone for joining along on in the interview here with uh, Sophia Smith. Sophia, thank you for joining us. Good luck in the 2022 season uh, for everybody. You can follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast shows. You can leave us a five-star review on Spotify now. And if you have any questions for us, you can leave us a five-star review uh, on Apple podcast with a question. And we'll answer it during our mailbag segment. We're also available as video subscribe to us on YouTube, visit youtube.com attacking. 3rd and we'll be back Monday with even more team previews and interviews for Sandra Herrera Lisa Roman and Sophia Smith this was the second
2: place Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present a mountain of Zen are you
0: still listening good take a deep breath you needed a break this earth week you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus So, yes, you can
2: literally stream a stream. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.